Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer coming to you once again on a Thursday. If you're listening to this, though, it's probably Friday. Thank God it's Friday. This has been one long week, and I cannot wait for the weekend. More baseball, more sunshine here in Washington, more good vibes, which we absolutely love. And as always, I am back again with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not Friday yet, Blake. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. I mean, we got, we got this whole smoke thing going on in Philadelphia. I, I, it's, it's always smoky in Philadelphia here the past few days. Well, I can actually see see a few clouds, which is which is uh, an improvement. There's been a lot of smoke in the area due to the uh, Canadian wildfires. So that's that's been fun. But yeah, long week here. Excited to get into the uh, weekend matchup and some of these hot prospects. Uh, you mean like the hottest of prospects in Ellie De La Cruz? God, that's such a corny way to transition into that. Dude, we have been talking about Ellie for what feels like forever. I know we had Eric Cross on back. Oh man, it was like end of it's like episode eight of this podcast at the end of last September. We had Eric on and we had talked to him about uh Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz. And I still I will never forget him telling us that. Uh, L.A. De La Cruz, the only comp that he could think for L.A. De La Cruz was like prime Alfonso Soriano, like 40-40 Alfonso Soriano. And that sounded so outlandish when he said it, like so crazy. But, I mean, after three games, it really doesn't feel that crazy anymore. It, it doesn't feel that crazy. I mean, he had that home run, the triple, then what, last night and today he had the had an infield single and I think in the first inning stole a base there off of uh, Clayton Kershaw. So, yeah, he's been completely as advertised. Uh, hopefully you got in on him because right now you definitely can't pick him up. You probably can't trade for him. So uh, only thing you may be able to do with him is bet on him to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, and our Rookie of the Year <laughs> right now, Corbin Carroll, is the favorite at minus 140. You can get a LA Daily Cruise at plus five hundred at a, at, a, at a FanDuel sportsbook there, so that's not a bad option. I know we're primarily a fantasy baseball podcast. Uh, also, daily fantasy, he should be underpriced for a while, so make mm-hmm. sure you use him, especially in showdowns. Make him your Reds captain. So, yeah, but him for Rookie of the Year, he opened at twenty five to one. He's down to five to one. He's down to three to one at some books. So, I mean, the, the hype train might tail off at some point and it'll get better than this but based off what we're seeing and who he's doing it against like he, this kid's for real yeah and uh, i had to talk to somebody on facebook uh, after his debut about la de la cruz and the thing that a lot of people need to keep in mind is i get it we are in the age where everybody wants to say he's gonna struggle because this person struggled or he's a prospect so we can't get overexcited. Uh, it's not worth it. He's just going to struggle anyway. So everybody needs to temper expectations. Not everybody has to be that guy that wants to be like that. I told you, so I told you he was going to suck. It's okay to sometimes watch players that are as like talented as Ellie day, the Cruz, and be like, all right, he might actually be really fucking good at baseball. What he did in may 
they asked the Reds asked him to work on cutting down on his strikeouts and not swinging it as many pitches out of the zone. In May, at AAA, he ended up. I think his splits were like twenty-one walks to twenty-six strikeouts. Like he cut it. He cut his strikeout rate way down. Walk rate went way up, and in turn, his OPS went up to like one point two. Hitting the shit out of the ball. He's a switch hitter that has the same power from both sides of the plate. He hit his first career home run that was one row shy of leaving Great American Ballpark. And has the ball think, ever left there? Has, has Adam Dunn ever ever? I think Adam Dunn must have must have cleared that. That he he had there. to have at some point because that was uh, it went 458 feet, which I mean that's a really really long home run. But somebody's probably hit one farther. I think what I've been most impressed with Ellie so far, though, is the speed. A lot of guys have that, like, they talk about how fast they are, and they have speeds in the short bursts. Uh, I know StatCast measures bursts and things of that nature. But Ellie's doesn't seem to be in, like, bursts. It's every time he runs. He just ran 30.9 feet per second in back-to-back games, which is in the top one percentile of all of baseball. His triple was the fastest first to third run in all of baseball this year. And he's six five, six six, depending on what day it is. Like is that shouldn't happen. Like players shouldn't be able to do that. Obviously, he went one for four today. Infield single was cool. Stolen base was awesome. Struck out three times, which sucks, but that might be the nature of Ellie going forward, especially he's facing Kershaw. So you got to give him a little bit of slack. Mm-hmm. But uh, Players like this don't come around very often. And I know O'Neill Cruz is everybody's comp just because O'Neill Cruz is tall, but Elliot De La Cruz is better than O'Neill Cruz, as wild as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand what the, what whoever you're on, you're on, arguing with on Facebook or whatever about how, how like all these prospects can't be great and they're not all going to be great. And yeah, with most of the guys we talked about so far this year coming up, we've, we've hyped them up. There's been a hype train when they've been called up. I mean, like, uh, Matt Mervis, he's in under 200. Matt McLean's been good. Casey Schmidt's cooled off after a hot start. Uh, Zach Nito has not been anywhere near what we thought he was. A bunch of these guys, like, yeah, they're, they're going to come up. There's going to be some hype for them. But they're not going to be hyped up to the point where they're being drafted before the season. Not to the point where they hit 12 home runs in 158 at-bats this season at AAA, mm-hmm. where he did exactly what he was asked to do of him in, in, in May, like you said. OPS 1.2. 26 strikeouts, 21 walks, 10 home runs in 25 games. Yet. 10 home runs in 100 at-bats. That's just absolutely unheard of. So, uh, yeah, this is someone that, I mean, there's really no fantasy baseball relevance now because he's owned in your league, and if you don't have him, you're shit out of luck. So get on that rookie of the year uh, <laughs> betting, and you know what? Maybe maybe look for a trade if you're uh, if you're someone who's looking in a, in a keeper league, looking towards the future, not going to win this year. Maybe, you know, sell off one of your big pieces for, for a top prospect like Daily Cruz with someone that's looking to get over the edge to, to win this year. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's really the only strategy we can talk about with Daily Cruz is what to do potentially in Keeper or Dynasties, which, uh, speaking of, I have him in the Dynasty uh, SGPN <laughs> yeah. league. He is, he is on the block. So uh, feel free to come at me with offers, everybody. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, also, while we're speaking of the SGPN League, make sure you check out the on. website, sportsgrandpodcast.com. Yes. Make sure you check out us on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Fake Baseball Money, YouTube at Fake Baseball Money, Twitch as well. We're streaming uh, usually Tuesday, Thursday, 5, 5.30 Eastern when we go live. You can always check us out there. 
And of course, make sure you subscribe to and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcast platform you listen to. And leave us a uh, five-star rating review. Those go a long way to help the show grow, help us uh, do a lot of more cool, cool stuff that we have uh, planned coming up. So a little, little, little teaser there. Yeah, and I know uh, like liking a podcast or leaving just a quick five-star rating might not seem like much to you, but it, it goes a long way for us, and it means the world to us. So if you guys ever, I mean, if you feel the need, if you get excited, if we get you guys fired up talking some baseball, and you want to just click that five star or that subscribe button, it's okay. You could do it. Like we love it and we appreciate you for it. Uh, but last thing that I have on Ellie is the only thing that I've taken away so far from his games, like the only like random thing. Um, and it might just be because he faced Kershaw today. So he's a switch hitter. He hits really well from both sides of the plate. Uh, obviously, he hits slightly better uh, as a lefty. He may swing and miss more as a righty. Again, that could have just been because he faced Kershaw today. Kershaw is really hard to hit historically, so can't knock him for that. But he did seem a little less on it from the right side of the plate. Again, I'm reading into it a little bit because it's one start against a lefty, but who knows? Uh, he wasn't necessarily on it against lefties either. Although both of the pitches that he hit for the triple and the home run off of Syndergaard were like there were good pitches. Like, oh, yeah. Also, we have to keep in speaking. mind it, it was Noah Syndergaard who was just completely. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Uh, look uh, at his numbers from last year. He struck out thirty-one times in eighty-three at bats against lefties, sixty-three in one hundred ninety-eight at bats. So yeah, a, a little more more strikeout okay. problems against lefties and versus righties. Yeah. Um, for before there, make sure you check out Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool for your bankroll. You double your double your bankroll, put it on Ellie Daily Cruz for a plus five hundred rookie of the year right there, and get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll. It gives you some extra money. You can double down on a favorite bet like that, or use it to create a middle or a hedge opportunity. They're not some sleazy loan shark either. Edge Boost charge zero interest. Just pay it back with four equal weekly installments. Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, and monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so... Sticking with the uh, prospect talks, I don't know if you guys have seen the title. I I wrote somebody else's name up there, but I, I, there was a prospect we want to talk about. AJ Smith Shaver for Atlanta, uh, kind of the surprise call up of last week that some people projected to happen eventually this year, but they didn't think it was going to happen. Now uh, he had an excellent two and a third innings. The other day, three strikeouts, and now he's slated to start on Friday against the Washington Nationals. I I have mixed feelings on this because, one, it's the Washington Nationals who, when you just say the name, they suck. Okay, but hear me out. Since uh, May 21st, Washington's only striking out 17% of the time. Yeah, it's tough. to. The I think they're the lowest strikeout team possibly in the league. I know they were up there yeah. for, for a while. And so – a lot of Smith Shaver's upside comes from his strikeout ability. He has great breaking stuff. He doesn't have a ton of command on his fastball, but it missed a lot of bats in his relief appearance. He sat right around like 94 miles an hour on average, I think it was. Uh, it's got a good amount of run, too. Uh, eight, oh, God, 18.8 inches of implied movement. 
which is pretty damn good for a fastball. Uh, Bryce mm-hmm. Miller, Bryce Miller's at 21 inches. So for reference, um, but yeah, like it, it should be a game that they win. Cause Atlanta should beat Washington just like relatively speaking. Uh, but I think expectations need to be tempered. He's the, the hot name for starts for Friday. He's the guy that everybody's looking to pick up off the waiver wire to run out there. And he very well could have a good game, but it could be a five innings with three strikeouts and gives up four hits and a run type of game. He's I, I can't imagine he goes out there and gets you double digit case. Yeah, that, that's the one thing about the Nationals. You think they're they're a bad team? Maybe rack up strikeouts? No, they, they somehow they put the ball in play and they they make pitchers work there. Which yeah, I, I didn't realize two years ago at, at this time, uh, Smith Strawberry was not even drafted yet. He was drafted in the seventh round of twenty twenty one. Played some rookie ball that that year. Last year was in uh, A ball, Carolina League at a five one one ERA and seventeen starts. Yeah, those strikeouts, one hundred three strikeouts in sixty eight and two thirds innings last year. 45 strikeouts and 33 innings this year in the minors. Yeah, he, he's been great this year. He, he showed that he can pitch in the majors out of relief there against the Diamondbacks in uh, his debut. So maybe we'll see if he can. Uh, I picked him up in my, I don't think I'm in my keeper league, but my uh, my other league, my eight team league, I picked him up because I figured facing the Nationals, it's the Braves. He'll be a big favorite. So it's just a matter yeah. of him getting five innings, I think. Yeah. I mean, and he's done a lot of things I like too. Like, granted, he only threw two two and a third innings in his relief appearance, but he, 33% slider usage, which is good. You know, we like, like a higher slide. Like I love the slider. I, I love that as a good secondary pitch or even a, a primary pitch, especially this year. It seems to be very effective for those that can throw it. Well, uh, that is his best pitch and had a 33% usage rate. He was like 56% on the, the fastball. He mixed a curve in a little bit. He's really just a two and a, he's like a two and a half pitch guy, but there is value there. Just temper your expectations because he's likely it's likely three or four strikeouts is what's going to happen. Because I mean, they they had they Jesus Christ, Washington Nationals had the fourth highest batting average since May twenty first as well. They're hitting almost two eighty, so he's gonna run into some issues a little bit. But the Braves really like this guy. They called him up for a reason. They wouldn't call him up if they didn't have a reason because he is still so young. And still early on in his career, but it really feels like they want him to have a permanent spot in the rotation and they're trying to give him every chance they can to succeed. And hopefully that's what happens on Friday. Yeah, looking ahead to next week, they then go to Detroit to face the Tigers and then return home to face the Rockies. So if they keep in the rotation, I mean, Nationals and then at Comerica Park is two pretty good parks to, uh, mm-hmm. two, two pretty good matchups to start with. Uh, anyone else? Switching, moving it around a little bit. Any other pitching matchups you have your eye on for Friday? I'm not I'm not sure if we're recording tomorrow, so I'm not going into uh, Saturday <laughs> matchups yet. But um, one guy I'm looking at should be another win going against the Oakland Athletics is uh, Adrian Hauser of the Milwaukee Ooh. Brewers. Only rostered in nine percent of of Yahoo leagues um, last time out at Cincinnati. Seven innings, two strikeouts, one run, quality start, got the win. Tough go in Toronto before that, but before that. 11 and a third scoreless against Houston and Tampa Bay, including a quality start there. So I think Hauser in all leagues, if you're looking for a streaming option, I'd pick him up. I mean, there might be some, some better guys available, you know, that are rostered in more percent of leagues, maybe Tyler McGill going against Pittsburgh, but you got, you got a Kikuchi against the twins. That's tough. Montgomery against, against the Reds. It's kind of tough. Suarez against the Dodgers. Suarez, what was a good, good call last Sunday though, by you? He, he went, went seven innings for, for a quality start against those nationals. 
yeah, I think for Friday, the guy I might just end up picking up right now is uh, Adrian Hauser. I love that move. I, I I think that's a good one, especially we talk a lot on here about like when you look for these streamers, you're just looking for a consistent production. You're not likely to find like ace level stats on the waiver wire. You're just looking for a consistent production. I think Hauser is going to give you that consistent production and he's got a good matchup, which is, I mean, it's yeah. two for two on checking the boxes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine that I love. I feel like a broken record saying this because I've said it multiple times now. It's fucking Ben Lively, dude, for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, he's going, he, he's going, going in tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's going again tomorrow. He's going against, uh, I think he's going against Jack Flaherty. No, he's going against uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery, Montgomery yeah. and the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, that seems like a prime matchup for Lively for me. He gave up five runs in his last outing, but he went seven innings, which is nice. Struck out five. Again, we talked about it on the last episode. If you go check that out, I don't know what it is that the Reds are doing, but the Reds have mastered the art of teaching their pitchers how to dominate with breaking pitches. Slider, like lively slider right now is up to a the 24.3% usage rate. He didn't use it at all last year or last year that he pitched at the major league level. And the highest usage rate he's ever had on it was like 14%. So he's 10% above that. And it is a dominant pitch. It has a 0.038 batting average against a 142 expected batting average and a 46.8% whiff rate. And he's thrown it 110 times. It's a really fucking good pitch. The Cardinals for as good as some guys like Nolan Gorman have like kind of come out to be this year. Paul Goldschmidt's always good. Arenado's been slow, but he's he's bringing it around again. They're still a very swing and miss heavy team. Mm-hmm. Lively could be in line. Again, I Reds like to let their pitchers run up their pitch counts, so he could be in there again for another six or seven innings, and this could be man, I don't want to I don't want to predict double digit strikeouts, so I'm going to go I'm going to say 8. 8 Ks. I'm going to say 7 innings with 8 Ks. Eight strikeouts for Ben Ladley. All right, was, uh, that, that's going to be good going against Jordan Montgomery because he won his first two starts, but the Cardinals have lost his last 10 starts in a row. So um, <laughs> well, it's, it's some bad luck. 3 4 3 Like There's been closed games there, but something, I don't know if they don't like don't like playing behind him or what it is there. But yeah, Lively, I, I forgot. He's going to Mars. Pretty good, uh, pretty good pick there. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I mean, next person on the list, I, I want to get your thoughts on it because he's kind of the talk of the baseball world right now. The boy, Luis Arias, man, like he's batting. I think he's batting 403 right now at this mm-hmm. point Yeah, in the year, which is granted, there's still a lot of baseball left to play. But Luis Arias is somebody that we were high on before the year. I'm eight, right? that, that, that's all you. That is all you. I'll take credit for it. I was high on him. Everybody thought that the uh, the Pablo Lopez for Luis Arias trade was weird. And why would the Miami Marlins do that? And it's because Luis Arias is the modern day Tony Gwynn. As weird as that is to say, because I mean, Tony Gwynn is an all timer. Luis Arias is. I'm not, I don't even know how to like navigate that sentence I was just about to put together. Here's the but. thing though with the Rias. Yeah. And it's a great debate we could have. Yes. He's a great baseball player. He's hitting 403, OPS of 947. But like in, in a five by five league where average is only one category, he has one home run on the year, 26 runs, 30 RBIs. 
is he like really that amazing of a fantasy player? Like that that's where the disconnect is with guys like him and mm-hmm. other guys like that that don't necessarily put up the big home run numbers, don't get stolen bases, but they they hit for average. I mean, maybe it's worth having him and then you can have someone like Schwarber, someone like a Gallo type that hit under 200 and know that you can still win average that week with, with the Reyes, but I don't know if it's different in a points league maybe with you cuz he he does get some doubles, but I don't know, in, in a in a 5 by 5 league I could see it, but if you go bigger than that and then I, I'm not sure if he's really. I mean, he's, he's a great player. He's definitely worthy of being rostered in a lot of leagues. But I don't know. I, I'm hearing this like, should he be MVP? Like, if he hits 400 for the whole year, I'm I'm sure he wouldn't be. But we'll see. Um, I agree with you in that category league. Category leagues. I think he has the least value. Normally, I kind of value category and roto leagues the exact same. Yeah, you, I think in Luis Arise's case, I would value it slightly different. Category leagues, he probably has the least amount of value just because hitting 400 is cool. Miami didn't score a ton of runs as it is, so he's likely not going to score 100 runs this year, which you'd like to see from a guy that hits 400. And he, he's not going to drive in more than 60 runs likely for the whole year. So that caps his value there. Roto leagues, he can help you win the the average category in a roto yeah. league, which is good. Like so, he he has slightly more value there. Points leagues is where the value at right now. He's the third ranked first baseman on ESPN points leagues, and it's mainly because, I mean, when it comes to points leagues, obviously batting average is crucial because every total base is one point, but then also every strikeout is a negative point. Every walk is a point. This year. Luis Arias had a 4.6% strikeout rate. Last year when he was really good and he caught everybody by surprise, he had a 7% walk rate or strikeout rate. This year he has a 4.6% strikeout rate with an 8% walk rate. Like it, for a guy to hit 400 and then just not strike out, he has a 96% zone swing rate or zone contact rate. 96% zone contact rate, which is absurd. So in points leagues, I think he has reached you should trade for him levels. Like, I, I think this might just be who he is this year, and he's reached you should definitely get him on your roster level of player in a point. And league. this might be the time to do it while everyone's having that debate about whether or not he's a, like a amazing fantasy player because he is an amazing fantasy player in, in points mm-hmm. league, like, like you just said. So, yeah, but also a side note here, why don't the Marlins just trade him to like, a contender that needs a leadoff hitter. Like, give me Lewis Rise on, on the Phillies. Put, put him in first base, <laughs> lead him off. I thought you said like, a contender. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Give him to the Mariners who just signed fucking Didi Gregorius. Oh, oh, I knew that was coming. God damn it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, like a, our, contend, a contender having someone that you know is going to get on base 40, at least 40% of the time, the top, top of your order, like trade a top prospect for that. You know why? It's because the Marlins are contenders. Oh god. Dude, they're 35 and 28. They're three games back from Atlanta for first place in the NL East right now. So it's eight and two in their last Daily Cruz. Even with Sandy being awful. What, what that's why. Yeah. I'm I've I've heard a lot of Randy's two and five. If he, this, if he was five crazy. and two, he they'd be even better. I think teams are gonna come calling for, for Sandy come trade time. And I've heard uh, Jorge Soler to the Mariners. A lot of trade talks about Jorge Soler to the Mariners. Every lately. big bat like, that's actually heating up. 
Well, Depoto came out recently and said, like, pretty much finally said that, like, okay, yeah, we might need we might need to add a bat to the lineup to get things going, even if it means uh, us making a move for a rental player for the rest of the year, which he never says that hmm. at all. So the fact that he actually came out and said that, and then we signed Didi Gregorius. <laughs> like, what a fucking signing. Although that's also a very Depoto thing to do, to say that, and then DDBR like, Oh yeah, like that's that was our big signing. Yeah. He's notorious for saying like, "Oh, we just had this person come off the injured list, so it's like we traded for a Everyone player." Everyone says that. Yeah. God, I fucking hate that sentence so much. <laughs> the bane of my existence. All right, uh, we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Plus, I believe they have their midseason MLB contest up. Maybe we we'll do a uh, Underdog Best Ball Draft sometime for a uh, MLB midseason one there. Also have NBA and NHL playoffs going on with their player prop parlays. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Uh, speaking of underdog best balls, how are ours doing? Have you checked on them? I, I mean, I, I I don't know how our specific one is doing. I, I forget. Oh yeah. I don't even was. remember which one our specific one was. Actually, I, I may have labeled it, but I, I, I'll check on it and see. <laughs> All right, but uh, one thing we haven't covered that we do like to talk about because it's important in the fantasy world would be injury updates. I think my favorite injury update that has come out recently is Justin Steele, who I have talked about nonstop since the end of last year. Like he was one of my must-have players for this year. I told he everybody was a last season. Oh, you know what? That was a fucking good one. That was a good one. Uh, but awesome. he. He got pulled out of his last start after three innings. Uh, Everybody feared the worst. He got his MRI. It turned out maybe it wasn't that bad. And it looks like he's likely to be activated from the IL on June 17th when he is first uh, ready to be activated. So I think that would be two missed starts for him, which is not bad. So hopefully if somebody did panic and ditched him, Now's the time to pick him up because he is still great, even though he did fall off for, I, I think he had two bad starts in a row or something like that. It's whatever. Like he's, he's a very good pitcher. He needs to be owned. And if he's available in your league, make a move for him. Maybe you can sneak a trade in for him. Good buy low candidate coming off an injury. I love to buy players coming off injuries like this. Cause you can normally get them for very discounted prices. And yeah, he, he's somebody you guys need to be making a move for. Yeah, uh, another pitcher that if he was dropped when he went on the IL is uh, Philly's potential closer, Jose Alvarado. He does have five saves on the year, 0.63 ERA, 24 strikeouts in 14 innings. He's going to be activated on Friday ahead of the Phillies' um, home series against the Dodgers. So not sure if he'll be uh, in the closer spot right away, but he should be in high leverage spots the rest of the way so still rostered 73% on Yahoo, but if someone dropped him and you need saves, I would recommend picking him up. Yeah, he's he was so fucking good at the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, and the Phillies are. I like to give you shit about them not being a good team. They're a getting better team. I mean, even Trey they're Turner's a significantly underperforming team. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and as usual, Byron Buxton is on the injured list. I have seen a lot of people making comments about, oh, oh look, Byron Buxton's back on the injured list. The dude's always injury prone. <laughs> Cut him some fucking slack for this one. The dude got pelted in the ribs with the fastball. Like, literally cannot 
stop that from happening. Like he had no choice and he got a rib contusion. He's on the 10 day IL. I can't imagine him being out a lot longer than like the minimum amount of days. Cause bruises go away after a while. You never so, know with Byron Buxton though. True. He is made of glass. Uh, and then the last one would be Jacob DeGrom. We haven't got to talk about Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I was going to mention it. Yeah. I think he's good to be dropped in every league, even a dynasty at this point. You I can just him, drop Keep him. him on your IL in a dynasty. We've, we've had Verlander come back from Tommy John surgery late in his career. I know it's his second one. It's, it's unfortunate for him. It's mm-hmm. really unfortunate for the Rangers, but they knew what they signed up for when they signed him to, the, to that extension there. So. Tough, uh, tough go for Degrom. He 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 never lost as a Ranger. Two wins in in, in his six starts, but that, that's going to be undefeated. Yeah, nobody can take that away from him. Yeah. Also, uh, Aaron Judge on the IL again due to yes. that uh, fracture or no 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 breaker fracture, a sprain of his big right toe, making that a uh, catch against the wall at Dodger Stadium. So he's been off. He was headed to the IL. I, I was, I was annoyed because the Yankees just kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Like teams have been doing where they're like, they, they bench a guy for three days. Then mm-hmm. on the fourth or fifth day, they activate him retroactively. Just, just put him on the IL. Also Yahoo has been slow to uh, update the IL status. So I'm also annoyed about that. That's see, that's why I hate playing on Yahoo. Like I, I like that Yahoo like tracks your, how good you are or whatever. And you get like a, silver gold diamond oh, whatever i'm just i'm just used I mean, to yahoo. a lot of people do like that for whatever reason but like i i haven't played on a yahoo league before so like i don't have a rating i'm just really fucking good at fantasy baseball uh <laughs> what, but, where's your rating though blake you have you don't have a rating you can't say that you know what i had somebody tell me that at one point like, at the beginning of this year and it's like you are not fucking serious right now <laughs> uh and then another injury update jazz chisholm uh, sounds like he's been cleared to resume some like light baseball activities, and it looks like he'll be back. It's probably going to be a few weeks still, but he did get positive news, and he is going to be back in the coming weeks. I don't know how you feel about Jazzism. I'm still very high on him. I still think he's the ultimate buy low player right now because we've all seen what he can do, and I mean that's. His upside is like a 35 home run, 35 steal guy that's going to bat 230. He's just now like he's had injuries to like his toe now. Didn't he have like a broken back before and had some other like hamstring <laughs> thing? Year, yeah. Like he's just had so many different injuries that you wonder yeah. if it's like a, a Buxton type. And maybe they're there. I, I don't know. Or, or like someone like DeGrom, like these players just keep getting injured. It's tough because, yeah, he does have, have a high ceiling. So maybe go for if you're like some you want to take a big swing. Go trade for Jazz Chisholm. It's either going to be a you could connect or it can be a big swing and a miss there. And one other thing I want to cover because it, it hits near and dear to me. It's not so somber when I lead up to it this oh way. My. The Seattle Mariners pitching. <laughs> so I haven't checked the war today because I was too scared to. But there was a point in time not that long ago where they were their Seattle Mariners pitching was on track to have the greatest season in MLB history in terms of like F war. Like not like they'll be the best this year, like greatest in MLB history. At one point, they were like one and a half war above Minnesota, who was second. Now, (laughs) the last few games, they have somehow managed to give up let's see 
So they gave uh, I'm irritated. They gave up 10 runs to San Diego yesterday. One four to one the day before that. That's cool. They gave up 12 to Texas on the fourth, 16 to Texas on the third, uh, 10 to the Yankees on the 30th, 10 to the Yankees on the 29th, 11 to Pittsburgh on the 26th. It hurts my fucking soul. Their pitching is very good. They just got Andres Munoz back for the bullpen, who is electric. Probably my favorite thing about Andres Munoz is, yes, he throws 103 miles an hour, which is nuts, but he's a very slider-dominant pitcher. So he makes you fucking – he makes you try to hit the slider, and then he just sprinkles in 103-mile-an-hour fastball and dares you to Love hit. that combo. Love that combo. Yeah, it, like it's it, it's literally like a 53% or 55% slider usage for Munoz. Like very heavy. Uh, but I a lot of this Mariners pitching struggle – has been due to one just the fact they're facing some pretty crazy teams like San Diego might suck this year, but they still have an elite lineup. So giving up 10 to the Padres mm-hmm. normally isn't that crazy. Granted, it came against George Kirby, which hurts a little, but like Logan Gilbert also got he gave, gave up a ton of runs. But I mean, again, that's Texas, and Texas is probably outside oh, of Tampa. Gil- Bay. Gil- Gilbert had the, had the one win, it was a uh, oh, he had the win. Yeah, it was oh, Miller and right. Wu has the two losses. Don't don't oh, yeah. don't besmirch my namesake. Wu, got, oh my bad, your brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are probably about the same t- the same height too. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but Wu pitches again coming up. I feel sorry for that kid. I don't know why the Mariners are doing this to him. Uh, oh, go work out blowing up by the Yankees. His start. Yeah, there we go. That's the one that it was. Disregard. Yeah, every everybody's been kind of getting blown up. You just have to keep in mind that all of these Mariners pitchers are very young. This might be Logan Gilbert's like fourth year, but I think he's 27 or 26 years old. He's still young. Logan Gilbert or uh, George Kirby is like 23. Still only in his second year. Random games like this are going to happen. Especially How's, when uh, how's Matt Brashman doing? How's he been looking? Uh, unluckiest relief pitcher in baseball. I, I've... Ooh. Uh, I just saw an article come out from God. I wish I could remember the, the author's name and I apologize, sir, for not remembering your name. He writes for the athletic uh, covers the Mariners. Um, he just wrote an article about how Matt Brash is the unluckiest relief pitcher in baseball, because if I pull this up real quick, his ERA is 4.88 and his FIP. Do you know what his FIP is, Blake? Uh, ooh, not off the top of my head. I do not. 1.75. So yeah, over very a three, low. Over a, a three point difference there. So, yeah, that has to be some sort of look at his BABIP against. Him. I can't, I can't pull it up fast enough. Look at his BABIP. Isn't that what fifth kind of measures, though? Uh, not really, or kind of, but not oh, really. His BABIP is 528. Yeah. BABIP against is 528. Jesus. Yeah. So he's, he's, he, he might not even just be the most unlucky relief pitcher in baseball. He might strikeout rate the, 40%. Walker yeah. at 8.8. He yeah. is an incredible pitcher that keeps getting let down by the fucking defense over and over and over. And so on paper, if you're one of those people that just checks like, oh, he's got like a 4.8 ERA. He fucking sucks. Like He looks bad. But then when you look at literally everything else, you're like, oh, he is probably one of the most dominant relief pitchers in baseball. If he could just get like just a little smidge of some defense behind him. It'd make a big difference, but that's the Seattle Mariners. Is he used like as one of like the first guys out of the pen, or is he more towards the end, like like a seventh inning guy? He's like a seventh inning guy. All right. Which so like not the highest leverage situations. 
But it's it was it Seawald Munoz. Who else is back there? Uh Seawald, Munoz, Brash, Penn Murphy. Uh oh Gott has been getting a lot of usage this year, and he's playing really Gott. fucking well too. Penn Murphy's the weird one because the Mariners have all these guys that throw like a, a hundred, hundred and one, hundred and two, and then Penn Murphy's fastball is like eighty-eight miles an hour. Which <laughs> is fucking wild. <laughs> Gotta throw him off. Uh yeah, other than that, I mean, I think that's all we got. It's been a good week of baseball. Everybody keep enjoying Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, Matt McClain, who's I don't even know how to rank Matt McClain because all he's doing is just hitting the shit out of the ball. He's got like 11. The, the, Reds, the Reds are so fun. Watch out for the yeah. Reds in, in that week NL Central. I'm not lying when I say I have watched every pitch of the Reds games for the last three days since Ellie got called up. Literally every pitch. I was at work today watching the reds on my phone so that i could watch it because it's electric and will benson with that fucking bat flip i I don't care if you didn't like it i fucking loved it that (laughs) shit was intense he just walked off the dodgers i don't care i saw bucky jacobson from out here in seattle one of the radio hosts former major league player talking about how he hates how a guy that's been in the league for multiple years and it's a career 170 hitter and just hit his second home run would celebrate like that. And it was like, uh, no, he just walked off the fucking Dodgers for maybe the most electric team in baseball at the moment. Like he should have reacted no other way. Oh yeah. Did you see the, uh, the Marcus Stroman did the Soto shuffle after striking out yeah. earlier <laughs> week or last weekend. Oh, now that's what you need to see. You need to yeah. get these old heads out of here. telling people to not celebrate. You had a huge fucking home run to come back against the Dodgers. Celebrate it. Yeah. And see, the, the people you never hear complaining about that stuff are the players. It's everybody else complains about that shit. Like, mm-hmm. Soto, Soto didn't give a shit that fucking Stroman Soto, Soto loved Soto it. Shuffle. Yeah, like, the players don't care. They absolutely love it. It's the the old mm-hmm. players from back in the day that seem to have a problem. Like, Bucky Jacobson, you're cool. I hope one day I get the ability to speak to you on this platform or any other platform. I think it would be an honor, but you are an idiot with that take, and I do not like it. And I'm saying that because I know that you will not hear me. But if you do, hey, what's up, Bucky? Like, I live in the Saudi area, too. What's up, man? Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's network. But I appreciate everybody for coming out on a Thursday. Everybody that is in the live. I appreciate everybody on Friday and beyond that is listening to this in your eardrums. You guys are amazing. And you continue to allow us to be able to do the thing that we love. And that is create fantasy baseball content to help you guys win your leagues. So please make sure if you love our content as much as we love the fact that you guys listen to it, hit the subscribe button, the like button, the follow button, the five star rating button. It takes to say it takes a half a second isn't an exaggeration. It's literally just a click of the button. And it allows us to continue to climb the charts. I've said it a couple episodes ago. We're literally charting all over the world right now. And it's because of you guys. And I I can't even put into words how much it means to me. Uh, but yeah, check us out on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter at Fake Baseball, Twitch, and YouTube at Fake Baseball Money. We have Instagram, Facebook. We have content literally everywhere for everybody. And if is there something else me, coming up soon too, or no? Are we, are we we're not doing that yet? Uh, you know what? We could do that. We could do that. We got we got a minute here. There's some people in the live. Uh, so. Uh, it has been created, but it is being, it's getting some fine tuning before it is accessible. I almost said the, the wrong word before it's accessible to everybody else. Uh, me and Ryan are branching out with our baseball money is fake content. 
we have created a sub stack where we will expand upon our writing. Uh, I currently write two articles a week for Fantasy Pros. I will be writing at least one article a week for our sub stack to deep, take a deeper dive into whatever we want to write about, which is probably one of the most fun things about creating your own content is having the ability to just write about whatever you want. And so uh, we'll break down trade targets. We'll have prop bets. We'll have uh, buy low guys. We'll have mm -hmm. other like expanded waiver wire. Everything, everything we do on the show here, we'll just have on, on, on the Substack articles, maybe just little little blurbs about the best pitchers for the next day. Just whatever, whatever you guys want. It's, it's going to be an interactive experience. So whatever you guys want to see up there, make sure you let us know. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about some other behind-the-scenes things. There might be uh, uh, extra special podcast episodes that are on Substack only. Uh, it, I mean, it's going to be free, but we're going to have a paid, uh, like, paid goodies for the people that pay the monthly. I think we're going to do, like, three bucks a month real cheap, and we'll have extra articles, uh, more deep-dive stuff for you guys to really help you uh, lock down your leagues moving forward, clinch those playoff spots, and win you some fantasy championships. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, before we close this out, my uh, edge boost double down play of the day. Got to go with the uh, Kyle Schwarber home run all week. Bet, bet it all June long. You can double that <laughs> edge boost and able to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up for edge boost. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. I appreciate you for saying we're the best, Dylan. I appreciate you coming out all the time. We always see you in the lives and we see you in the discord as well. SG.pn slash discord. You are all over the place. Appreciate you listening all the time, man. Uh, but if you guys have any fantasy-related questions, just want to talk or you want to see all the weird shit I tweet about, check me out on Twitter, at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter, at R Gilbert S-O-P. And I'll catch you guys next time. See ya.